I looked at my mom and I said, I'm never going to be a father. And I had tears in my eyes. I'm going to die alone in prison. Or I'm going to die alone out here living in this drug lifestyle if the cops don't kill me. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Lately, we've been talking about if criminals who are habitual criminals could truly change for the better. Our society tends to believe that people can't change. And though we hope for people to change, many never see it happen for family members or friends who go down the wrong path in life. Now, in our last show, Brian Dawson was with us and he shared about how he grew up as a young boy without a father present. But later on in life, he was with his atheist father. But over time, he was masking deeper pain from his life with drugs, starting with alcohol, then marijuana, then cocaine, and then methamphetamines. He went from a drug user to a drug dealer, hanging out with drug cartels and becoming like a big boss. He ended up being charged for attempted murder when one of his friends who was caught with holding motorcycles for Brian ratted on him to the police and Brian's response was beating him up to nearly killing him. As he understood he was facing a prison charge of 384 years, he was getting even more in trouble in the jail waiting for his sentence. As he was isolated because of that, he was left in a jail cell with nothing but a Bible. As he started reading it, God began to move on his heart but he wasn't ready yet to become a Christian. He told us how he met a man named Charles, who was a Christian, and Brian was so against becoming a Christian that he attacked Charles' faith. But Charles was patient and persistent, and Brian is going to share what happened from there. Brian, welcome back, and thanks for being with us. Hey, great to be back, and thanks again for having me. Brian, great to have you. To pick up where we last left off, you were insulting Charles for his faith as he was telling you about Jesus. You just weren't ready for that yet even though you were reduced to nothing. Tell us about that. Yeah. The first person I met when I actually came to prison was Charles Frederick, and he immediately began to tell me about Christ. But beyond that, he was meeting my physical needs, and anybody who's ever been incarcerated knows you don't have anything in there. And he'd been there, and he was established there. He had coffee. He had an extra pair of sweats and things like that. So he was able to meet some physical needs that I obviously had while also sharing Christ with me, but I was not having it. And I would argue with him vehemently, and that actually went on for several years of me arguing with him, and I got to the point where I even told him he was stupid for what he believed. So I was diametrically opposed to the idea of the cross in Jesus Christ. Mm. So it looks like you weren't very interested in faith or knowing what faith would do for you. But even then, Charles kept sharing with you and often asked you about giving Jesus a chance in your life. How did you respond? Yeah, to me, this just shows God's divine intervention at this exact moment in time, because prior to this, Charles and I had these conversations, and my knee-jerk reaction is, I've given him a chance, Charles. It was always this strong opposition. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't have time for it. It was foolishness. But he asked me, he said, Brian, why don't you give him a chance? And for whatever reason, I said, okay, Charles, I will. And I went to my cell that night, and from the time I was about eight years old, I went to church as a child. It wasn't for long, but it was long enough to know that there was a God and there is a God. 
So I went and I prayed that night in my prison cell, and I prayed, God, if I need to believe that this Jesus character is real and he's your son, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a perfect and sinless life, that his death somehow atoned for our sins, that it paid for us you know, I didn't understand. I didn't get it. I'm scoffing as I'm saying these things. He was born of a virgin. He lived. He was perfect. And he died and paid for us. And he rose from the dead. Are you kidding me? It was ridiculous to me. But I prayed and I said, God, if I need to believe this so that I can have a more intimate relationship with you so that I can experience you, would you please give me a sign? And that night I went to bed and I had a very vivid dream and it was a nightmare and I remember it like it was yesterday. And I don't know if you've ever had one of those experiences when you're dreaming and you fall in your dream and you shoot to where you're awake and all the air in my lungs was gone. And I looked at the clock and it's very dark in those cells and you can have a digital clock with the red numbers that light up at night. And the only thing I could see in my prison cell was my clock and it said 316. Wow. And that was the only Bible verse I knew from the short time that I had spent in church growing up was John 3.16, and I had it memorized. And as I looked at those numbers, the verse went off in my head, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And went through my head, and I knew that that was the direct answer to the exact question I had asked Him. But in my not wanting to accept it, I rolled over and I thought, no, this can't be. And I looked back at the clock and it felt like it was 316 for like an hour. And I'm like, okay, maybe there's something to it. And it was 316 in the morning on a Sunday morning. So (laughs) I ended up going to church that morning and praying with the pastor and not making any decisions or doing anything like that, but just prayed that God would soften my heart to the truth. And I knew that there was something that I was holding out with my calloused heart towards Christianity towards Christians, towards what had happened with me in my past, with my mother, all this hate and, and angst. And I just pray that God would soften my heart so that truth could come in. Mm, wow. So you're asking God to begin to soften your heart. That's <laughs> amazing. Did anything truly change? Absolutely. The biggest evidence to me was really my affections changed. I went from being diametrically opposed to the idea of God and the idea of Jesus Christ And I would argue with Christians and literally tell them they were stupid for what they believed Mm. and that I would never believe that the Bible was the absolute word of God. I said, you know, there's no way that that's real. It's been in the hands of men. It's been in the hands of the Roman Catholic Church. (laughs) All those arguments that I'll never believe that stuff. There's no way. Mm. And all of a sudden I did. I believed all of it. I believed absolutely (laughs) that God was real, that Christ was all those things, that the gospel is real. And I knew it inside of my heart. And not only did something on the inside change, but my life changed. Instead of spending time doing whatever I was doing in prison, exercising and doing all those things to pass time, I began getting involved in the body of Christ in Sterling Correctional Facility. Mm. Every time the doors were open or there was some type of a ministry going on, I was there and I actually became the chaplain's assistant in there. So there was a (laughs) radical life change that happened really in an instant. That is amazing. From habitual criminal to becoming the chaplain's assistant to getting out of a 384-year prison sentence ending early. I mean, this is definitely evidence of a proven change that even secular prisons were able to identify. I understand that after becoming a Christian, the Lord started speaking to you about a future wife, even when you were in prison. Yeah. So I was on the run leading up to that point of going to jail and going to prison. I was on the run on hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bonds. And I talked to my mother on her back porch and I told her, I said, I have a deep desire in my heart to be a husband and to be a father. And I had tears in my eyes. I looked at my mom and I said, I'm never going to have that. I'm going to die alone in prison. I'm going to die alone out here. 
living in this drug lifestyle if the cops don't kill me or who knows what's going to happen, but I'm never going to be a husband and I'm never going to be a father. I'm never going to have those desires fulfilled. Mm, So even though the Lord was speaking to you, you didn't see a way, but God made a way that he brought this amazing, beautiful Christian woman named Christina, who you already knew in the eighth grade, and she ends up marrying you while you're in prison. And as you got out early, you and her now have three children together. It's just amazing. I think that many feel like they even themselves could never really change and that there's no hope. Maybe they would have wanted a life like you now have, but don't see a possibility. What would you say to them? I would love to encourage anyone who's listening to this that's having those doubts, who's maybe doubting Christ and what He's done and doubting your state in life right now, and you think that maybe you could never have these things. And I do want to emphasize that it's not necessarily about having these things. I mean, Jesus is Lord, whether I'm in prison and single or whether I'm married with three children. But I was there in that state of desperation. I never thought I'd be a husband. I never thought I would be a father. And God blessed me not only with any woman, but the woman of my dreams. So there is hope and Jesus is Lord. Brian, that is amazing. Yes, indeed. Jesus is Lord. And when you discovered that, you discovered true change. So encouraging, Brian. Thanks so much for sharing your powerful testimony with us today. It really encouraged me a lot. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hang on. Let's talk about some of these things right after the break. My friends, this is Evangelist Onlay, and I have a huge heart to study how Jesus is working in people's lives today and how He can change the lives of so many more. Will you partner with me to get this show on another radio station in a different state? Together, we're learning and demonstrating that Jesus is alive and touching lives everywhere. Help us to get out the good news. We're looking for monthly giving partners from $5 a month to $100 a month. Anything helps. You can learn more about this by going to AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at AwakeningTheNations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's AwakeningTheNations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? It was wonderful to me to hear how Brian was at first so hardened in his heart, but Charles had the patience. And as Brian accepted Christ and the wisdom from Charles, he said that his heart began to soften. What does that mean? That means that something was changing for this habitual criminal. How? Well, it's written in ancient scriptures in Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. So this is what Brian took. It wasn't just that his heart was being softened. He was getting an entirely new heart. I love it. One that wasn't stone, but it was as soft as flesh. So he started to become sensitive to the things around him. And what I found was amazing is that he is facing this impossible prison sentence for his doings. God fulfills the last verse we talked about in our last show, which was this to remind you. It says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You see, Brian had this experience 
And as he was accepting the newness that God was doing in his life, you can see that there was a new road that was paved in his life. Where before that, it was like a wilderness where there was no clear pathway to his future. But now this Jesus, this God, brought first a new thing to his life, but then it spread forth externally. He got out of the prison sentence. He was able to behave himself. He was able to do right. And he's able to live an upright life to this day. What about you? Are you in a place where you see nothing but wilderness? A place where you feel stuck? Jesus wants to pave a new pathway into your life to get you out of maybe the forest type of consequences from your old life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you and we're asking for that new life right now into our hearts. We're asking for the newness that comes through you, Christ Jesus, to be born again. So Jesus, we receive you. We believe in you. We repent of our sins knowing that we don't have it right. But Lord Jesus, you do. So we receive you and we want to follow you. And we pray that you would wash us in the blood of Jesus even now. Wash us, God. Wash my friend right now in the blood of Jesus for this newness to come in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time. Thank you.